Welcome to the latest episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Emily Kahn and I'm your host for this episode. More and more over the past few years, the conversation around resilience has moved to an integrated, proactive and agile response that moves beyond the usual boundaries of the chief risk officer. We've seen a continuing need to adapt and respond to an environment that contains the type of large scale challenges, both internal and external, that previously would have been a once in a generation issue not only to respond to risk, but to take it. Today, we'll be discussing what that looks like in practice and the lessons others can take to their own organisations. I'm excited to be returning to a topic that's close to my heart and especially so when joined by two such excellent guests. Today, I'm joined by Elaine Buckner, former Group Chief Information Security Officer and Group Director of Technology Strategy at Sky and currently a PwC Strategic Advisor covering cyber, technology and enterprise resilience. Elaine, great to have you here. Thank you, Emily, and thank you for the introduction. Um, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. And to pick up on that interconnected role of resilience and the wider board agenda, I'm also delighted to welcome Elisa Moskaline, Executive Vice President for Sustainability at SAGE, who can help us bring to life the wider opportunities of tackling resilience with a broader mindset. Elisa, so glad you could also join us. Thank you very much for having me. I do think that uh, sustainability and uh, resilience are synonyms. So really looking forward to the conversation. Well, brilliant to have you both here. And let's dig right into it. It's a big topic. Um, and it's been a while since we've looked on this series at the resilience landscape. And I think it's fair to say that it continues to be quite a challenging time. Um, you've both been contributing to some of the recent work we've been doing on, on resilience, Rethink Resilience. Maybe we should start with some of those big trends and, and how boards are looking at those. Um, Elisa, maybe I'll, I'll come to you first for a perspective on that, if I may. Yeah, of course. Um, well, look, we live at a time that's been defined as a permacrisis or polycrisis. And when you have to invent words uh, to explain the uh, context you're living in, it's quite telling. And I think that now more than ever, it is important to think about uh, resilience. Um, it's interesting, before this podcast, I was looking at the World Economic Forum uh, Global Risk Report, and uh, half of the um, topics that are listed as top risks pertains to climate change uh, and they tend to rank on the very top for the next uh, 10 years. When I look at them more closely, they're all somehow related to what I would call ESG, environmental, social or governance type of issues. And I think what that tells us is that um, we live in a world where um, we should expect uh, uh, disruptions to become the norm. And I think that the only thing that is not going to change is change. So being able uh, to respond to this change effectively and uh, uh, for boards uh, uh, and corporates to be deeply aware of this changing landscape um, is absolutely crucial for their long but also I would argue short-term success. I definitely recognize that picture. Elaine does that resonate with you? Yes completely I think you know boards have got a huge number of kind of things on their agenda 
and it's going, you know, it's going to be a tough few years in terms of trying to tackle all of them, whether it is sort of sustainability, all of the environmental challenges, resilience, cyber is still a huge factor on, on, on broader kind of agendas. So I, I guess one of the big things for me is how they're going to create the right culture and mindset within the organization. Because when you think about, for example, um, businesses, organizations with a, with a truly resilient culture, it kind of invariably means that they have things like an, a foundation of adaptability. You know, they have very strong and open communications. They have a culture of kind of continuous learning and, and supportive kind of leadership. You know, they're better equipped to basically think about then the long game of issues such as sort of sustainability. So when the, when the mindset is right and having that resilient mindset, they can adapt, innovate, embrace change, build trust, and, and simply sort of maximize the value of everything that they do and ultimately kind of create that kind of more competitive advantage. But I'd also sort of add that statistics note that um, the longevity of businesses has without doubt reduced over the last 20, 30 years. And so, yes, there are absolutely kind of macro factors such as sort of technology kind of advancements, global competition. And disruptive businesses have created a, a sort of more volatile and dynamic business environment. But resilience and having a, a is, is without doubt a, a kind of absolute contributor. So having that right mindset will let businesses tackle those more foundational issues. What really resonates with me from, from both of your answers there is that, you know, recognition that the world is changing fast and maybe faster than ever before. We're coming up with new new terms to even describe what that what that looks like. Um, responding to it is is complex and multifaceted. It's not, you know, there's no single silver bullet. Resi resilience means different things for different organizations. But also at the heart of it lies opportunity. It's the pathway to success. It's not just about survival. It's about advantage and, and achieving your strategy and achieving your goals, um, which definitely, you know, is very reflective of the research that we've been doing involving conversations with, with lots of organisations and indeed with the public around rethinking resilience. Um, I'm keen to get into the the practicalities of that so what does that really look like if we buy into the fact that this is something that needs attention it's something organizations need to look at differently let's dig a little bit into how that actually plays out you know what types of conversations are happening you know in the boardroom what types of considerations are we exploring um decisions being made perhaps elisa let's let's go back to you reference kind of resilience and sustainability being hand in hand how does that conversation play out when we're taking actions with those those two fronts in mind let me take an example climate change uh, provides us a very good platform for us to play with this there are lots of uncertainties around the climate agenda how we're going to achieve net zero it is crucial that boards have open conversation and challenges conversation and challenge management to make sure that corporates are ready, are resilient uh, to the disruptions that uh, climate change will bring, but are also responsive and contribute to the solution, not the problem. But in order to achieve that, we need to be able to have those open conversations and be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Boards, I believe, need to 
uh, be much more comfortable with the uncertainty of the environment within which we live and with the fact that perhaps management may not always have all the answers ready and it may be also the role of the board to nudge them in the right direction to find the right answers and I think the climate agenda uh, provides a very good example of that uh, it's an incredibly complex issue uh, boards and executive things are grappling with it as are governments and I don't think any one has the single right answer but it's about really collective thinking and ability to think about our vulnerabilities and what will make us truly resilient in the medium and long term. We've talked before, I recognise um, what you just played back there in terms of some of the conversations about Rethink Resilience, Elisa, about it being a system-wide conversation as well. So boards not only looking at their own organisation, but the role they play in a, in a broader ecosystem. Um, do you see, is that also part of the conversation that you're, you're talking about here, that looking at vulnerabilities not only in your own organisation, but in, in your broader supply chain and, and the other organisations that you work with? Absolutely. And, and look, you cannot talk to someone uh, in SAGE without us bringing up small, medium businesses. Uh, I think this uh, agenda is incredibly important uh, uh, for big and small organisations. And, uh, you know, when uh, we discuss uh, at our board level and uh, or executive team about resilience uh, we always think about supply chains small medium businesses make up uh, uh, 90 percent or more of our global economy they are the backbones of our economies so if they're not resilient no one else is the reality is if you look at any big corporate supply chain it's very likely the top 20, 50 suppliers maximum are going to be big corporates. The rest is a very long tail of small, medium businesses who are at the heart of global supply chains, at the heart of functioning global corporates, and most importantly, at the heart of each and every community where we operate. So I think that it's very important we take them along in this journey and we make sure that we think resilience uh, in the context uh, of their own reality and support them. A very good practical example of this is, uh, again, the climate change, right, and net zero. Everyone, every big corporate has committed to net zero, so have governments. And now small, medium businesses are feeling this trickle-down effect of it. So anytime they apply for tender, um, they get asked to provide information about uh, uh, their carbon footprint. This poses a big burden on them. So how do we take them along in this journey? How do we make sure uh, they come along? It's important that they transition as well at net zero, but without excluding them, for example, from a tender. It is so important that big corporates hold the hands of small, medium businesses. Um, we at Sage committed to net zero, and uh, but we could have said we uh, as a result of that don't do business with anyone who doesn't commit but that's unrealistic for small medium businesses so it's very important that uh, uh, we hold their hands uh, we engage in a conversation one of the things we're doing is uh, really also providing them the tools the training and and supporting them on their own journey 
Um, and I think this will make us as a corporate more resilient. It will make them more resilient and it will make the whole ecosystem more resilient. So everybody wins because we will not succeed in isolation. Yes, I can see how and you talk about when it filters down through the tenders that quickly becomes very burdensome for much smaller organisations without perhaps the organisational infrastructure um, that large corporates are working with around some of these challenges. Elena, I'd like your perspective on that. You, you're clearly looking at resilience through, you know, broader technology angles. Does that resonate in that domain as well? Oh, com com completely. But I, I was just sort of thinking about the board kind of position in all of this, that it's it's super important that um, boards help create that kind of understanding of that total business kind of environment. When you're having these sort of macro level kind of conversations and trying to work them into very actionable plans, it's really important that you have understanding of your entire ecosystem and that boards and executive teams can work together to create some sort of degree of kind of priority and, and really to achieve all that needs to be achieved. You'll need to weave a lot of those kind of things together to really create that understanding and to really derive those sort of priorities and then to start really thinking about how you're going to build strength where you need it or build or solve problems um you know on, on the sequence of of, of of how you do that but I, I was also sort of thinking about you know this whole ecosystem and these many many sort of smaller businesses the smaller medium businesses that exist all of which will make up the long tail of these giant kind of corporates or big organizations and with my sort of cyber hat on for a moment you know if i think back to some of the big cyber events over the last you know five five six years things like the not petcher and WannaCry. Um, that boards will have heard the names, maybe not fully understood the kind of uh, the overarching kind of consequences, but certainly for many organisations, they'll have seen the effect. And, and some of those issues started with um, very small organisations being impacted. And then the results were that those, those impacts sort of bled into the bigger organisations. And, and so you've got to remember that it is the entire ecosystem that you really need to consider when you're thinking about long-term sustainability and resilience of, of, of your organisation. I feel like we could go on talking for hours about this because we've talked about, you know, the need for resilience to be looked at differently, complex changing picture of risk, it being a system-wide issue that you need to tackle within your own organisation and beyond. We try and wrap these conversations up with some sort of practical advice. So perhaps we can just go there before we we conclude today if if an organization was starting to think about doing this differently where might they start the conversation or what's a real kind of practical tip that listeners today could take forward if they wanted to move this forward in their own organization um, Elisa maybe I'll come to you first if that's okay of course um, well like I think um, start with data and uh, with an integrated approach um, I would argue you do need to involve as many stakeholders as, po as possible within your business, but possibly also outside your business. There is a very helpful exercise called materiality assessment that uh, sustainability professionals do, and it's uh, very similar to a risk horizon scanning. My view is that we should start bringing those together as exercises and uh, that would enable more systemic thinking because as Elaine said, um, 
uh, we are interconnected. There, we live in a very interconnected world. Um, so in order to truly make sure that you've got a good radar, you need to make sure you, you look as, as far and as wide as you possibly can and then prioritize. Um, the other thing uh, I would say is prevent. You know, it, it's less about avoiding bad things to happen, but knowing that you're going to be ready when they come and you'll be able, uh, you have a strong enough immune system to fight them back. Thank you. Excellent, excellent tips there. Elaine, would you build on those? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with data. You've got to kind of really create understanding. It's this sort of expression about relentless curiosity. So, and that's not just within the confines of the business or organization. It's very much looking out, bringing in those external data points, really understanding the environment that that business is operating in. It's absolutely about sort of culture and mindset. Um, you know, from a cyber perspective, we always used to talk about people being um, your your human firewall, you know, that first kind of line of defense. And so as people start thinking about resilience, we need to think about how can you embed that into the culture and embed that into the mindset of, 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 your, of your people. And to do that, I, I think, is, is, is just one of the most kind of important things that you've got to try and kind of get right, that continuous kind of conversation and narrative. I'd say I'd also add that there is this, this thing about how do you take all of the things that a business has to kind of achieve, you know, from regulation to new kind of um, global disrupting uh, technology sort of changes into, you know, those things that you've got to take into account to sustainability, climate, and, and all of the kind of wraparound things that are associated with kind of creating a healthy business. How do you weave them all together and create kind of common threads such that you can maximize the impact of everything that you do? And one final point I would add is that this is all about creating opportunities. It's not just about managing risk and deal with overwhelming amounts of change. It really is an opportunity as well to simplify your business, to drive innovation into the organization and to really ultimately maximize value, not just for your individual firm or organization, but also for the ecosystem within which you operate. That feels like the perfect place to draw this to a close. Thank you both so much for those final recommendations and for all of the insights that you shared today. Um, and thank you listeners for joining us. If this has whet your appetite to read a bit more about resilience, please do take a look at pwc.co.uk forward slash rethink risk to see our full findings on rethink resilience. And of course, please subscribe to keep up to date with all our latest episodes. Thanks everyone. See you next time.